he's a good king in a way that's hard to comprehend because because of our nature on earth because humans are broken we are sinful the calling might not be easy and it might hurt at the moment and what he's asking us to do it, i look at it and i go how can he ask me to do that um, thinking that it will hurt me but it's always what's perfect and so as i read some of the things that he asked me to do and it pushes up against my own rebellious nature i have to lay those things down in recognition that he is king right and he's king not just now not just then but he's king for all eternity hi there and thanks for joining us today on study with friends a weekly bible study where we gather around god's words so that we might become more like jesus i'm paige and this week we're beginning a five-week series on holy week kathy is taking the ladies through different themes and having us reflect on just how this week changes everything If you'd like to get the homework or miss any part of the series, you can find it on our website, studywithfriends.org. Now, let's begin our study. Hello, ladies. We are going to be going over Holy Week, and and this is just a great time of reflection. It's a great time to remember who our Lord and King is. So we're going to start with introductions this morning. I'm going to start with you, Fatima, and we'll just work our way around. I'm Fatima. Um, I have a Baptist church background, um, but I am currently attending an EFC church. Um, I have been a believer for, I'd say, at least 20 years of my life, but I've had a more in-depth relationship in the last 10 to 15 years. My name's Amy. Uh, I have a Presbyterian background, but I also attend uh, evangel- Evangelical Free Church now. I have been a believer for most of my life. I grew up in a Christian home, so I had that nice background. Didn't mean that I had to make it my own, but thankfully I did. Um, I have two boys, one teenager and one young adult. Actually, I guess they're both young adults, young men. Um, so that's always interesting to to do. Single parent. I'm Jan, and... Um I'm the mother of two young adult sons. Uh, I grew up a Methodist, did what a lot of folks did, you know, went through my 20s and kind of moved away from the church. And then as I got older, came back. And so I am now a practicing Baptist. So, and of course, as I've gotten older, my my walk has gotten a little more intense. Mm -hmm. So, and I too am glad to be here. Thanks. I'm so happy to have you guys. My name's Kathy, and uh, I have been a believer for every, it expands, so I think I'm 12 years now. And um, I've been leading studies for probably seven years. And one of my huge passions, and some of you I know on a really personal level, Fatima, I know on a really personal level, and one of my passions is leading women and really deepening our relationship with Christ. So my strength isn't in evangelizing although i love that as well but my strength is really in once we know jesus what does that mean how does that relate to our lives how does that play out in everything that we do Uh, i'm a mother of three i have been married for 21 years and uh, i have an 18 year old daughter and a teenage son and an almost teenage son so I'm through all of those different, because <laughs> I have a young adult daughter, and then, so I'm going through all of those ages right now, and different genders, which is super fun, because you get every single piece of the spectrum in different genders, so that's fun, and I have a dog. So. 
I go to in, I used to go to an evangelical free church and now I currently go to a non-denominational church and I've been there for about two years. So I don't know what the future will bring. We're still waiting on a full church home. So, so that's where God has us right now. So I'm going to get us started and how I want to get us started is really about what Holy Week means. So this is in celebration of when Jesus comes down, progresses through, and then ultimately dies and comes back again. So what I want to know to, I'm going to start actually in this direction. I'm going to start more towards Jan this way, is what does that mean to you? What does Holy Week mean mm-hmm. to me? Mm. Well, it's certainly time to, it kind of intensifies my study. Um, it's a wonderful way to be reminded of just how large the gift is, you know, that last week and, and all the drama that surrounded it. And um, it's something I actually look forward to. Amy, how about you? So for me, I've always, you know, Christmas is such a huge holiday. And when I really got into, you know, studying this and learning about this, I always wondered, why is Easter not the bigger event? Because that is so much more, I mean, not more meaningful, but kind of more meaningful of what Jesus has done for us. And it's really very powerful time of year. Yeah. I would agree with you. I want to. Um, yeah. So I grew up in an atheist home. Most of my family is still non-believing. We have a, a small little segment that believes. And Easter was always a really fun time for us. We would do an Easter egg hunt at the family's house. Yeah. And then we would go to the beach for the day because the beach is really popular at Easter. And so in church, obviously, it was never on our radar. We didn't go to church. And I remember once I became a believer, I'd recognized that this small believing portion of my family never came to Easter. And our family was really upset. Like, I understand if they don't come on Christmas, but why would they go to church on Easter? And I was the same as you. I'm like, Easter is huge for us. Easter is when he rose again. Like, it's just such a hopeful, joyful piece of our puzzle that I don't want to say it's neglected because it's certainly not neglected. But you're right. We spend so much time and energy on Christmas. And yet Easter is where our hope comes from. Mm -hmm. And so I love that you brought that up because that's really where I was with it as well. I feel like Easter is the time in which we're supposed to be the most reflective because it gives us a clear delineation between us as man and Jesus as God or King as our Lord. Because the difference between Easter, well, I guess Jesus' birthday and our birthday, there isn't much of a difference. We are all born. And yet the difference between us and Jesus is that when we die, we are not going to experience the crucifixion and the resurrection. Mm. And we are never going to sit at the right hand of the Father like Jesus is. So I feel like Easter is a greater holiday or more significant for us as believers because we we won't experience that. Mm -hmm. And that's what separates us from Jesus. Mm that he has that power and authority over us. Nice, good. Well, we're going to unfold that mm-hmm. as we continue. Uh, and then, so I wanted to point to our homework uh, because it's massive, right? So there was a huge amount of homework. So for those of you who go online and are able to share in the homework with us and all of the readings, there are a lot of readings in here and a lot of them are very similar. And so I ask you guys, as you were reading this and doing your homework, what's the benefit to reading 
the same passages from different books. So as you'll see, you'll find mm. in there, we'll have a section from Matthew and a section from Mark and a section from Luke. They're all very similar. They're all covering the same topic. What would be the benefit to reading all three? It's verification. It's evidence. It solidifies. Now, if I said I saw something, but no one else saw it, it, it can be debated. But if, I, if there's yeah. someone else who's out there and supporting what I'm saying, and we're all in agreement and saying, we all saw exactly the same thing. Mm. It's giving us truth and, and, and saying what we saw is real. It justifies it. Um, I, I would certainly agree with that. And it, um, you'll notice in each rendering of it, they're not saying the same thing word for word. So uh, Mark is speaking in the language of Mark and Matthew is speaking in the language mm -hmm. of Matthew and Luke, so on. And so as you read each one, you kind of zoom in on something a little different, even though the story is the same. Mm -hmm. So that I think would be the benefit of it. Mm -hmm. Right, and they're speaking yeah. differently because they are speaking to different crowds, different mm. groups of people, to the, you know, to the leaders of the church, to the, yeah, to lots of different groups. So mm. it's, yep. It's yeah. nice to get all those differences. Mm. All great points. Good. So it's not redundant. It's not the same information mm -hmm. over it's and similar. over and over mm -hmm. again. Right. Good. Similar. Awesome. Yeah. 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 Similar for sure. Yep. All right. Let's get into some reading now that we talked about it. So Fatima, can you read up for us John 12, 12 through 19? The next day, the large crowd that had come to the feast heard G that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem. So they took branches of palm trees and went to meet him, crying out, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, even the king of Israel. And Jesus found a young donkey and sat on it, just as it is written, Fear not, daughter of Zion, behold your king is coming, sitting on a donkey's colt. His disciples did not understand these things at first, but when Jesus was glorified, then they remembered that these things had been written about him and had been done to him. The crowd had been with him when he called Lazarus out of the tomb and raised him from the dead, continued to bear witness. The reason why the crowd went to meet him was that they heard he had gone and done the sign. So the Pharisees said to one another, you see that you are gaining nothing. Look, the world has gone after him. So that's it. Thanks for that reading. All right, so where is he? What's happening? Jesus is coming into the city. He's getting mm -hmm. ready to come in. At this point, I believe he's already gone to the temple and cast out those who shouldn't be there, right? Or is he? This is his first oh, entry. Oh, his first into, entry. Yeah, yeah this is his first, first entry. entry. Yeah. Okay, so he has yeah. yeah. But But everyone is aware of his ministry. Mm -hmm. He's become infamous and famous yeah. at, at this point because he's performed works. Right. Mm -hmm. So everyone is either excited or anticipating his entry mm -hmm. to see this person. Yep. Mm -hmm. They've heard right. much about. So what are they calling him? They're calling, They're calling him king. king. Yes. They're calling him king. And I bring this up because this was one of those things that hit me is that they're calling him king. Because I've asked this question before. What does it mean to you that he's king? And I, I want to get your hearts on what that means to you. But it's become actually a controversial topic, believe it or not. And so what I want to do is I want to reach out to you guys and say to you, what does it mean when they say he's king? What does that mean to you? In this context, um, when I read it, I, I took it as 
having heard about who Jesus is and, and the works he's performed, they had a reverence for him, but it wasn't a godly reverence mm-hmm. for him. They, they saw him as another man who would come to be their king mm-hmm. over their land. But when we say Jesus is king, that's not what we mean. Mm-hmm. We mean that he is the authoritative figure over our entire existence and he's the reason for our purpose as opposed to he's our, our modern day governor. So I love that you said he's our authoritative. Yeah, that was very well said. Yeah. <laughs> it was. Yeah. It was very well said. It was great. And and so, uh, because that means a lot, right? Like our authoritative king means a lot. It means he can tell us what to do. Yeah. Which mm. is difficult. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that, making no mistake about it, that that is a really hard thing to uh, both understand and to follow through on, <clears throat> right? Because what have kings looked like even scripturally what have kings looked like in the past so if you guys are familiar with any of the kings that they've had or david or solomon or any of the kings after that or even anyone we have now what evokes inside of you when you think of those things not the same thing yeah that i feel when i think of jesus mm-hmm. he as king is something different than how i see any other king because we know what we know about him and that um, he was born to do what he's doing. So, you know, it's interesting. Um, in the homework, uh, they told the story also. I don't know if you read that in John just now about um, they backed it up a little bit and talked about him sending the disciples to actually get the call mm-hmm. and um, how they. Uh, well, what I made note of was that um, nobody questioned it. They just did it. Like, nobody questioned. It's like, is that something they do every day? Send people to go get cults? <laughs> nobody? <laughs> I would imagine not. Yeah. <laughs> right. But, and I thought, it, and that spoke to me because um, because he's our king. Um whatever he says, just do it. Mm. Because it never turns out any way but good. So that occurred to me. That's what he means uh, to me personally as king. Like never question a challenge. Mm. If he puts it in you to do something, just do it. And we all know what it feels like to get that, hear that voice and don't do it. It never turns out. Right, right. And it doesn't mean that when you hear that voice and you you listen to it, it doesn't mean it's going to be easy. True. And it doesn't mean that it's, you know, but but it's always good. It's always good. Yeah. So in some of the verses, I'm not sure exactly which address it is, but they do talk about how the disciples go and get this donkey set and people, you know, say to them, you know, why, why are you doing this? And they answer the way Jesus told them to answer. And that was fine. Right. That just went right on. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Yeah. 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 But when I think of King, I think of a dictator and someone who is, you know, like going to put you in the fire Mm -hmm. if you do something wrong. Mm -hmm. So it's definitely not, Jesus. Yeah. yeah. I go ahead. Sorry. Okay, so that kind of king is um there's an absence of love there. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. just authority for the sake of authority mm-hmm. as opposed to I want what's best for you. Where Jesus is 
Mm. He's not our king because he just wants to be the ruler of everything. He's the king because he really cares for us. Yeah, he's a good king in a way that's hard to comprehend because, for me, because of our nature on earth. Because humans are broken, we are sinful, and even sometimes when we want to do what's best, it doesn't always turn out that way. And yet his is perfection. Every single time it's perfection. And it might hurt at the moment and the calling might not be easy, what he's asking us to do. I look at it and I go, how can he ask me to do that? Um, thinking that it will hurt me, but it's always what's perfect. Mm-hmm. And I think I, it's one of the things that I struggle with personally because I'm very rebellious by nature and I don't want to follow the rules because just because you told me to do it, I don't want to do it. And so as I read some of the things that he asks me to do and it pushes up against my own rebellious nature, I have to lay those things down mm-hmm. in recognition that he is king, right? And he's king not just now, not just then, but he's king for all eternity. And so I never want to forget those things. And what I love too is that as he's coming through, this is, they're saying, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, even the king of Israel. So they're going back and it says also, uh, fear not daughter of Zion, behold, your king is coming. And so they're going back and recognizing what they've read. Mm-hmm thousands of years ago, what they learned thousands of years ago. And he comes in and they recognize him for what he is. And so there's a beautiful picture even of that. Just like you said, when he comes on the donkey, like just say what he said and Mm -hmm. they hand you the donkey. I can't imagine that that happened. (laughs) And a normal occurrence, like, oh, sure, you can take my donkey. Right, right. (laughs) Give up. Nobody asks any questions, they just. Right, right. Mm. And so I think his kingship and his headship is very important and as we're coming to trust less and less of people in control, we have to still give that up to him. Mm-hmm. And I know that I say that and it not be, it's not easy. Mm-hmm. So not at all. <laughs> no, not at all. Not at all. Especially for those of us who like control. Right. <laughs> right. And who doesn't, I mean, even I watch my kids wrestle for control, mm-hmm. right? The older they get, the more they try and wrestle for control. You know, they want to be nurtured and taken care of and, you know, you have you guys have kids as well, even when they're grown. Yes, especially. Mm-hmm. And we still watch them wrestling and fighting us. Right. And I have yeah. stories. I'm a, I work in a high school now with high school children, and I know that you work with kids. And you look at it and they tell you these things, and you're like, but that's not what's best for you, right? <laughs> that's gonna hurt you in the long run. And they just wrestle for control. They want to take it and they want to own it. So how do we worship him then? So knowing he's king, resting in the fact that he's king, understanding he's king, what does it look like? And we can very practically look at this image of what they're doing, right? When Jesus comes through, what does it look like to worship him? Imitate him, first of all, I think. Like use your life to imitate him so that when people see you, they see him. That's a good way to worship Mm -hmm. There's so many different ways to worship him. I remember when my children were young and we, um, I was in a mom's group and they would always say, when you do laundry, worship him. And I'd be like, really, you're kidding me? <laughs> worship him doing laundry? It's like the worst idea ever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's true, whatever you do, yeah. Unto the Lord. Do unto the yeah. Lord. And so um, 
So laundry is not my best way of worshiping him. (laughs) (laughs) I love listening to worship music and I love, um, you know, just praising and and being in his presence is just, Mm -hmm. that's more my my style. (laughs) So for the listener, because I really appreciate that you said that. And I remember being in the trenches as a young mom. Yeah. What would worshiping him doing laundry look like? So it's funny. What I then turned it into is that was a time of prayer. And then I would turn music on and I would fold and, you know, praise. And and that's what I turned it into. I'm sure different people can, you know. Right. You can do it all different ways. Yeah. Just thinking like. Thank you, Lord, for having this much laundry to do. Even exactly. something as minor as that. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Thank you I that I have a washing machine. Right. I get to do this. Right. Yeah. Right. Or right. you, you bl- recognizing the blessing of that. For me, it's cooking. Yes. So for me, <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Lord, for blessing me with the food that I get to prepare. Right. Because I will focus on, I really do not yes. cook. Like, I, yes. wanna, I know yeah. I need to eat and I want to eat, but I would rather do anything yeah. but cook. But if I could say, thank you, Lord, you blessed me. Yeah. We have yeah. this food on that, our table. That is a, a yeah. valid form of worship. You know, and also, n- just listening to the two of you, in doing that, that, that has to take the toil yeah. out of everything. Mm-hmm. If you are worshiping him and thanking him for it, like cooking food, the cooking may not be fun, but then when you're grateful for everything that's involved, it's like, oh, okay, there's no toil. Mm-hmm. Yeah things I was thinking earlier is one because I was talking about my passion and how much I love to and I was thinking how much I love when Jesus intersects with our real life and it's not really an intersection as much as it's a complete consumption of our real life it's not really where these two meet mm-hmm. right it is it's really where how Jesus can take over everything and we can find the joy and not toil in the hardships of it mm-hmm. or the lack or whatever it might be but we remember the blessings and the gifts i think that comes through submission though to get there you have to be able to submit to him which is probably like the greatest form of worship Mm. is recognizing that we are not the ones who have the right to control and have the right to have the power over our lives but he does Mm. and that's the hardest part for me is is submitting and and so i every time i do it or i'm struggling with doing i realize oh but i'm worshiping you so it makes it a little bit easier to submit when it's when it's hard. Hi, it's Paige. Thanks again for joining us in our study today. We hope that you've found some great truths to apply to your life and some encouragement as you walk with Jesus. We here at Study With Friends are modeled more like a small group and want to encourage you to continue your growth through the local church. If you don't have a church home, we encourage you to find one where the Bible is taught in every situation. Study With Friends is a completely donor-supported ministry, and if we have blessed you, would you consider donating to us? Monthly partnerships are particularly helpful, but no amount is too small. We'd also love to stay connected. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. You can stream us on the go wherever you are with Spotify, iTunes, or Stitcher. And now you can watch the ladies on YouTube. If all that's a bit too much for you, feel free to email us. You can find our email on our website, studywithfriends.org. We have plenty of other resources that are all free to you when you go there. We hope you have a great week. 
And we'll see you next time when we study with friends.